Hello, every loving one of you. I'm Jesse Alvarez. You're listening to Digging Through with me. Oh, dear. It's been quite the week for me. Um, it's only Wednesday, and I'm about to uh, get the hell out of Dodge. Um, and I can't wait to get out. I've been sort of, uh, you know, I have this bad habit of when... Um, I'm about to take a, a break of any type of vacation. Um, I jam pack my week and I try to do like things that I didn't even think of doing a month ago, you know, or, or things that I've been postponing for years. I try to do everything in that one week before I have to get out. I don't know why I do this. Maybe it's a fear that um, I'm going to die on my vacation and this stuff will just never get done. I don't know. It's a terrible habit. Um, and so I've been doing that this week, of course, killing myself, doing a bunch of stuff. It's not a good thing. I don't uh, suggest it to anyone. In trying to kill myself doing these things, I, I've also been reading and listening to different uh, podcasts and sort of like just sponging everything, you know, being a sponge and taking it all in. So one thing that came up in my uh, week is that I realized that, that sitting here in front of this microphone speaking uh, can be self-indulgent. And, and that is, and, and how, what I mean by self-indulgent is that, you know, I'm just talking off the cuff here. Um, I'm not scripted, but I do um, take what I record and, and sort of like... Uh, edit it a bit so that it, it makes some sense because I mean let's let's face it I'm, I can ramble just like the best of people can and so this self-indulgence uh, is basically being too unfiltered too broad talking way too much without really making any points whatsoever that sort of bullshit and um I guess in the back of my mind, I fear that. I fear that me doing this thing is going to be taken in as self-indulgent. But of course, as I've stated before, I don't give a fuck about people thinking that about me or this podcast. I, I don't. I love you. I wish you loved me back. But I don't give a fuck if you think this is self-indulgent. And I mean this with all the love in the world because the reality is there are, well, there's no one that is uh, speaking into a mic that is exactly like me. What I mean by that is I'm a woman. I was born in New York, common, common. My mom is from Ecuador. My dad is Dominican, not so common. I grew up not only in a Latino household with Catholicism hanging over my head. So now do the math. I'm a woman, I'm Latina, Catholic. I can go on, but I think you get the picture. There's a lot of shit going on in my life. Um, there's a lot of shit that I had to work through in order to advance in my life. Um, Shit that had to do um, with emotional baggage, um, 
some trauma, illness, uh, just getting past my own um, lack of self-esteem, all these things uh, start to make me an individual, a little different from the usual talking heads. Now that's not to say that that makes me better than anyone because of course it doesn't make me better. I don't really believe in better. I believe that we all get put on this earth and it's not that I'm religious anymore because I don't believe in God anymore, but somehow we're, we're, we're created into this thing and we're plopped in here and we have to figure shit out. And how we figure shit out is what makes us who we are. And of course, the act of figuring shit out, of actually taking action, is influenced by everything that we've come in contact with. Whether it's an experience, whether it's uh, an observation we've made, whether it's the society we live in and what the rules are, and trying to fit into that society or not fit into that society. Our decisions, that's what we are. That's what makes us. So now I'm saying all this and um, I'm probably scaring off some of you who are so kind to join us in the first place. I hope I don't. I hope that you keep listening. It's been crazy, this whole journey so far. And it's not really letting up. And maybe that's good that it's not because um, it's giving me a lot of fucking material to write with, I tell you. So anyway, sit back and welcome to the show. Before we begin, I want to tell you a little something about Digging Through the Fat. We are a web journal for cultural omnivores. Digging Through the Fat began in 2013 as a call for literary action. We showcase prose, poetry, and visual arts. We also publish personal essays, interviews, reviews, and links to published works. To find out about us, please visit diggingthroughthefat.com. And now, back to our show. So I um, went out today, and I, I haven't gone out in a while. I'm um, always busy these days. And, and by busy, I mean I'm always looking at the computer and trying to work out something, whether it's uh, writing or whether it's editing other people's work for um, digging through the fat or um, just looking at photographs and trying to pair my photographs with um, stories for this chapbook that I'm working on or trying to write a chapter for my novel. All crazy, crazy projects that need attention and constant, constant um, dedication to a chair, a desk, and a computer. And so um, going out has become, um, in some ways, a chore because it takes me away from all this other stuff. But that said, 
I have a lovely husband who um, sometimes forces me to go out and enjoy the sunshine. And so today we did that. We went um, to Harlem and it's uh, it's Bastille weekend. And it, it's, it's been a tough Bastille day. Um, there's uh, memorials on the actual day. And um, so it was nice to go out on Sunday and actually see a celebration of some type. And um, it was at uh, Maison Harlem, which is uh, on St. Nicholas Avenue. And it's a lovely restaurant. They have a, a, a very cool bar and sweet cocktails as well as wine and beers. And it was packed. And there was a, a small street fair right outside the stores with a couple of vendors. And um, they even had a bocce ball, um, I guess sandpit or I'm not sure what you call it. Uh, so so we just stayed there for a little bit, had a glass of wine. It was it was really sweet and interesting, and the music was pumping, and um, everyone was just so lively. But I started thinking about um, things when I was there because uh, that part of Harlem reminds me of of where I grew up, and um, I grew up up in Inwood, which is the uh, northern tip of Manhattan and uh, I grew up there well I guess from the late 70s to about the uh, mid 80s it was a pretty interesting place to grow up in we had uh, we had all kinds of um, communities of living together we had uh, an Irish community Irish Catholic community we also had a Dominican community we had a Puerto Rican, uh, as well as other Latin Americans, and um, we. It was it was a type of neighborhood that on a Saturday, there was always a party in one of the apartments, whether it was across the street, or inside a Marv building, or whether it was my own um, family's party, which also took place on the weekends. So it was a. A sort of lively area to grow up in. In some ways, it was uh, it was very colorful and lively, but it was also stifling for me because I was a girl. Being a, a girl growing up in a Latin or Latino household can be very stifling. Uh, not only was uh, were my parents both Latin American. But my mother was deeply religious, and and so she was very um, influenced by Catholicism, and um, was very protective of of me. She didn't want to lose me to the streets. She wanted to keep me at home, and she literally did that by keeping me at home meaning I wasn't really allowed to go out and play with other kids when I was younger. Um, I wasn't allowed to go to other kids' homes. I wasn't allowed to do after-school activities. I was basically only allowed to go to school and come back home. 
that's something that's uh, easy for a small child to accept the sort of routine of going to school and coming back home and there were you know usually other kids around to play with within my home life there was my uh, cousin who lived next door there were um, kids that were friends of friends who would come to visit us at the apartment but never would I be able to go downstairs and sit on the stoop or um, hang out with the kids who were playing stickball outside. So it was a weird upbringing. I was an only child for for a while. Uh, my sister didn't come into the picture until I was uh, close to eight years old. As you can imagine, when a kid is confined that way in those developing years, you you cope um, with with childhood tendencies in a particular way. And uh, what ended up happening, I think, is that I was very uncomfortable around kids my age. I couldn't really relate to them. But it felt like I could relate to the adults. Like if the adults were in the room talking, I just sat there and listened to what they were saying. And sometimes I would join in the conversation, which I'm sure was weird for the adults, but they never made me feel weird for doing it. And um, so I kept doing it. And then, you know, when you start to get older and that rebelliousness um, starts to enter into your mental vocabulary, things change and and the confines of the apartment are tested and so by the time I was about I would say 10 11 I was uh, finding ways of escaping the confines and one of the things I did was um, I cut school and uh, cutting school was not the easiest thing to do because I, I went to Catholic school and I wore a uniform um, so, you know, if you, if you didn't go to school and you were wearing your uniform, it was quite obvious to everyone that you were skipping class. So, um, cutting school was, um, a sort of daring enterprise that involved a costume change of some type, which I was somewhat able to do by going into, you know, bathrooms at um, oh, I don't even remember where Woolworth or something and, and just changing out of my clothes the thing with skipping school they had to act like you weren't doing anything wrong um, meaning you would just take the subway like anybody else would get on it and be quiet and um, enjoy the ride and nobody really questioned me being on a subway at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning I mean I always tried to act like I sometimes I would try to act like I was with uh, someone else meaning if there was a a mother with her small child I'd sit relatively close to them um, so that people would assume that I'm that woman's child Uh, or I would just um, sit next to an elderly person and by by association people assume you're the grandchild of that person 
So I, I kind of knew how to how to play it so that I could blend in. And I would uh, take the subway from 207th Street down, all the way down. And I would get off somewhere on Canal Street usually. And Canal Street was, at that point, uh, extremely busy, extremely crowded, which it still is. But it was also like a chaotic place. And there were so many people there. And you could just walk for hours and look at all kinds of things. And no one would question you being there. And I remember just going down streets where all the stores sold lamps and chandeliers. Or go down another street where all the stores sold restaurant supplies and kitchen supplies and that sort of thing. And then somehow I would end up on on Broadway and Houston. And that was where the fun really began because that's where all the cool things were. Um, there were different department stores on Broadway and Soho. They weren't really quite department stores. They were more like little boutiques. And there were so many people with, you know, crazy hairstyles and wonderful clothes and just they had a certain look about them and I I was completely mesmerized with them and I just remember seeing someone wear a particular outfit let's say baggy sort of crop pants was a big thing for me with like a loose sort of checkered shirt and thick belt around or something like that and I would I would try to like go home and recreate that look somehow after admiring it being able to escape from the confines of, of rules is, is the thing that I held on to as I got older and in some ways I'm still trying to escape the confines by um not really following a direct path in life. And in some ways I think that that is um, just how things are meant to be with me. I keep going forward, but I don't necessarily keep going forward in a straight line. And the straight line business is something that um, perhaps I should talk more about at a later time. It's not that I think it's wrong for someone to have a dream of being a doctor and then following through with it and actually going to medical school and getting that degree, becoming a doctor. I think that's perfectly fine and I wish in some ways that my mind worked that straight, but it doesn't. In some ways, um, the subway exploring is, is a metaphor of some type for how I've chosen to live my life it's like I still have the costume changes and it's like I'm still trying to not follow the thing I'm supposed to follow. And I'm still exploring. I'm still getting on a subway and just enjoying the ride without really thinking about the last stop of the subway. I'm more just looking out that window and staring into that 
dark tunnel as the subway zooms by. And maybe that is my comfort place. And maybe I'm not the only one that feels that way about life. Thank you so much for listening to me tonight. We will be back next week with another episode. Until then, good night and flowers. Once again, thanks so much for listening. If you want more, you can find Digging Through with Jesse Alvarez on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Jesse Digs You.